welcome to the show. Um, welcome back to Sci Section uh, for all our listeners. And we're glad to have a special guest this week. Do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, so hi, my name is Nicole. Um, I am currently in my third year of chemical biology um, at Mac. Um, so I started off in the life science stream at McMaster, um, as a lot of science students do, um, and then decided to specialize in chemical biology just based on the interest of the world of chemistry applied in a biological context. Um, and so from there, I fell in love with my program and I've been able to kind of branch out um, kind of diversify the science fields that I've been involved in through the various research that I've done, um, that being both at McMaster, also downtown Toronto, and the work that I'm doing here right now on my co-op term. Um, so I currently live in Vancouver, BC. So yes, I moved all the way across the country, like one, <laughs> almost one end to the other. Yeah. Uh, but here I'm working at a company called Stem Cell Technologies. And thank you so much. Um, so this week's theme is science over the decade. Um, we're entering 2020. Well, we've entered 2020, so um, we've completed a decade. We're on to the next. But it's also important for us to be able to look back at where we started and where we came. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, uh, to begin, I was uh, just compiled a bit of a list. Um, and I wanted to ask you about if you had um, any idea on some of the most um, influential technologies in your field that have maybe shaped the research you've done, the work you've done with the companies you've been with um, yeah. in particular. I mean, for example, um, some scientific breakthroughs were detecting the first gravitational waves in um, this decade that we did. Um, there was also revolutionizing the study of ancient DNA, where in 2010, uh, researchers published their first near-complete genome of the ancient Homo sapiens species. Mm. So I wanted to ask you if you knew or had any um, opinion on what may have been an interesting breakthrough for science um, in your life? Is that a really, really good question? Yeah. <laughs> I think that the kind of breakthrough that I've had the most hands-on experience with and had kind of the most perspective with has been CRISPR-Cas9, uh, the technology of CRISPR-Cas9. So for those people who for people who might not know, um, CRISPR-Cas9 technology is essentially a quote-unquote gene editing technology that allows um, this protein, uh, Cas9, to go in and essentially cut DNA. And from there, we can kind of target various aspects of the genome with the obvious goal being to um, like alter the current code, like the current genomic whatever makeup of whatever we're dealing with um, and using various methods we can either knock out a gene which means stop it from working knock in a gene get it to work or change various uh, bases within the gene and so this has been a really interesting technology because it has started um, to allow for the development of precision medicine um, this being that every patient is different and when we have the technology to treat someone for their specific mutation and they're in the in that realm of the disease, um, it allows us to better tailor therapeutics with a goal to perhaps cure a patient or to help with some of the, let's say, symptoms and signs that can come with having a certain disease. And it's really, really cool because it's one of the breakthroughs that I've been around through where I've gotten to see both the scientific end of it, but also like the social end of it. So whenever yeah. I bring up CRISPR-Cas9 to anyone, it's automatically thinking like 
gene babies, like, you know, um, epigenetic, like selection for the perfect uh, human and all of those kind of social, like pop science terms that have kind of come around with the idea of gene editing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's been interesting to kind of see how we've taken how like uh, from the purely science front, just the concept of being able to edit this gene can then be like amplified to the idea of what comes next. When in reality, we're still trying to figure out like what we're doing with the technology right now. Like there's still a lot of um, improvements made to the process and uh, they're starting to come up with more and more specific ways to edit the genome. For example, they um, the technology I was working with in the summer last year was we actually did base editing. So specific, instead of cutting, we actually would change a base within the code. So like you could target it. Um, and if okay. it was in a certain region, you could go from like a C to like a T or you can kind of do those swaps um, with this, again, this targeting technology of CRISPR. We're working at that front, but already the population is starting to learn about CRISPR and learn about gene editing. And then so hearing what other people um, think and think what people do with the technology and their perceptions versus like someone who's working in a field to be in that world. That's been a very interesting thing for me to be a part of. And probably, in my opinion, one of the coolest technologies to come out of the decade. For sure. Yeah. And um, a lot of that has to go with how much of a impact it's had in the field Mm -hmm. as you mentioned you know it's been able to shift the way we look at mutations and um, anything completely where we can kind of edit um, our dna strands and kind of look to better the world but also how we have to keep it in check as well yeah um, because of some of the ethical issues and um, on that uh, note there's another topic that i also want to discuss i know you've had some experience with this uh, targeted drug delivery Mm -hmm. Um, for our audience that may not know. Do you mind just elaborating a bit about targeted drug delivery and what that may be Yeah, and how it looks? So the concept of targeted drug delivery is when we are treating patients or treating people with certain diseases, oftentimes um, we'll be using very strong drugs and very strong therapeutics. Um, And when you're treating a patient, you kind of have to sit within a concentration in the body, like our traditional treatments of various therapeutics. For example, if we talk about, um, let's talk about chemotherapy as an example. So chemotherapy is a very extreme example of a drug that is used to target disease, cancer. And with chemotherapy, when you treat a patient with the drug, it has effect not only on their cancerous cells, but also on their live cells. So you can only put so much of the drug in the body such that you are not killing off all of your living cells while also being at a high enough concentration to treat the cancerous cells. So this concept of targeted drug delivery is meant to help both decrease the amount of free drug in the body that like drug that's just attacking um, living parts and like good quote unquote, not diseased parts of the body, but also allow us to increase the concentration of drug at the site of where it is needed. Um, Because what it does is like in the title, targeted drug delivery, target meaning that you can essentially design a vessel or a system that can deliver the drugs to a specific location based on various aspects. Sometimes it's based on what's on the outside of the cell. Sometimes it's based on various like signaling pathways Mm -hmm. Um, but more or less have that drug go to a certain location 
at a higher concentration. Um, for example, like if you have a particle that's carrying it to bring it to the site, um, you can load that particle with the drug and then it'll treat that site of infection or that site of like that cancer site without having as much of an adverse effect on the rest of the body. Yeah, so it's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's nice to see like there are different ways that people are going about it. So like some people will use um, like nanoparticles. So that's like a time, think of like, I like sometimes I like to think of it like a bubble almost, like in the yeah. sense of you have the things on the inside and then an outer surface. Um, exactly, yeah. And then, or like um, like a micelle almost, if you, for those people who don't know, a micelle is like when a cell like can have, like you have a little vessel that essentially has like an outer membrane, just has stuff on the inside. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then some people use like phage therapy, which is phage is like viruses. And I was like, ah, viruses. Um, but no, like they, yeah. they, they are being researched to treat disease and all of these yeah. various um, methods of delivery are really cool and really interesting. Yeah. And that leads me into my final question, which was just yeah. on the topic of like what you mentioned towards the end of potential for the future, like um, mm-hmm. the use of viruses, the use of things that um, in the past, like not just decade, a hundred years, we wouldn't have expected to happen. So um, sure. just in terms of uh, your, like, what do you think would be the next big step in your field? I think in terms of the next big step, in sometimes in science, we can get caught up in what's, like, what's going on, like, right now and how much farther we can take the technology that we have. When in reality, the technology is great, but the next part is going to be how we can start to apply it um, and how we can start to use it in order to better those around us and help to better society, right? So mm-hmm. for me, I think the next big step is going to be how are we going to take these advancements and start to apply them, um, whether it be through clinical trial or be through various um, taking it from like an in vitro, which is like cells on a plate, to like in vivo, which is like some models, um, like animal models. Just like how, fa- how where are we going to take it next? So I think... Honestly, for the field, for me, as someone who values both scientific discovery but also scientific communication, I think that the next big step for science should be about focusing on communication and about getting those ideas and those technologies out there and understood by the public. Because mm-hmm. then when it comes to people, for example, when I had mentioned phage therapy, um, phage therapy isn't something that is like not necessarily there aren't policies around it for using it in Canada um Mm -hmm. and my supervisor for that project um Dr. Doust um, who's in chemical engineering she runs the biohybrids lab she recently went to I believe it was a panel or some sort of meeting with policymakers to try and bring those ideas to fruition and bring that technology um, something that could be beneficial to patients um, and allow it to be used or at least to be tested with. And it's, yeah. so it's those kind of like advancements and steps that I think need to happen next, especially with a lot of the climate around scientific advancement from the public view and like, what are mm-hmm. they using the money for? What are, what are we investing our resources in? People need to start seeing that that is like, we are trying our best to go places and this is how far we've gotten. And now it's about like how much of that can we use on like how much of that can we take further and bring it to the field versus how much of it is still going up the pipeline and is going through further and further research. For sure. So that'll for me, that'll be the biggest thing for mm-hmm. tech, for like for science in the field. 
for CRISPR-Cas9, the next big thing is base editing, which is the, like I had mentioned before, which is the mm-hmm. ability to specifically pick off like different, like specific bases in the DNA. So for people, I really should explain this earlier, for people who don't <laughs> no know that like, for, um, for DNA and genomics, like you have the DNA in your body and it's made up of different types of bases. So like anine, guanine, cytosine, and uh, I mean, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No it allows you to essentially change those bases. And I think that'll be a really promising thing for CRISPR-Cas9 to see how precise we can get in terms of the idea of precision medicine. And sure. if if we can actually help patients uh, with bringing more specific treatments to them. Yeah, for sure. Those are all really great points you mentioned. And in particular, um, even the answer you gave about, it's more important than to just get the technology. It's also important to evaluate it and its uses. <laughs> I feel like that is a definitely a great point and um, it'll help shape kind of the next decade. Mm-hmm. Um, that does conclude the segment for this week's episode of SciSection. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. We really uh, enjoyed hearing from you. Thank and, you so um, much. I really, I had a really fun time. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, and for all our viewers, I will see you next week. Bye.